1: How are you doing? You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmarie Moore at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Talon's also here.
2: Absolutely. Sniffle, sniffle.
1: Yeah. The fact is, actually, <laughs> when I say we're here, I mean, we're at home. <laughs> the two of us have COVID. We couldn't get anyone else to sit in the hot seat this morning. So the two of us are actually doing the programme from home. And guess what? I want you all now to wave at the radios to Wayne. Because <laughs> Wayne Hilton is firing it on all cylinders and making sure that what we're sending him is going out to you it does mean that we can't do any of the texts or Whatsapps and that kind of stuff this morning
2: we won't be able to see any of those Anyway, we've got plenty lined up for you anyway to keep the show rolling.
1: We do, we do, we do, because despite the COVID, we won't be stopped. I'm telling you that much now. We still actually have some great guests for you to meet. Coming up a little bit later on in the programme, I'll be talking to Fair City actress Una Crawford O'Brien, who is coming to the Everman Theatre this week with a fantastic show called Halcyon Days. We'll be chatting to her later.
2: And I spoke to Owen Nash and I didn't realise it until after the interview that he was, where was he?
1: He was on holidays. We won't say where now.
2: <laughs> he was not at home anyway. And he'll be flying in on Wednesday for something that is very important for all of us. And it's arts for all.
1: Someone else who's flying around the place, but they're flying around Ireland as opposed to flying anywhere else, is David Power, Ilan Piper extraordinaire. And he is coming to the Triskel Theatre for a great concert next Saturday night. We'll tell you all about that because it's actually a concert with a twist. But in the meantime, I suppose in the spirit of the fact that we're still celebrating the end of St. Patrick's Festival weekend, isn't that what it's kind of become known as now? I'm going to start off with a piece I don't really get a chance to play very often because it's slightly longer than your usual radio play, but it is the most beautiful piece written by Dr. Declan Townsend and it is his gorgeous piece called Ashling. This is a recording that was made by the Laredo philharmonic orchestra in the states and it's conducted by his son the late and much loved deeply missed brandon live recording there of Dr. Declan Townsend's piece "Ashling," uh, conducted by his son Brendan Townsend, and played there by the Laredo Philharmonic Orchestra. I love hearing pieces of music recorded live and the audience reaction just after it, and all in that piece. You know, there's like all the adventures and his beautiful Ashling dreams and images of cowboys in the Wild West, and even so, it's still quintessentially Irish, isn't it? So big boulevard there. In fact. Don't we all need a little joint celebration? I had you waving at the radio a little bit earlier on. Well, how about giving a boola boss over the radio now to Cork's Molly Ward? She's currently in Australia performing in the world of musicals, and she's touring Australia and New Zealand for the next five months as dance captain with the show and vocalist with the show. And I'm just delighted for her because I remember when she was heading off to study in London at Bird. It's brilliant to see all our Cork artists and your young generation of Cork artists doing so well now on the international stage.
2: Not too sure what the weather's like down under but the weather's looking good here and I suppose you could say we've come to the winter's end <laughs> and that's by Sean Davy, The Winter's End played by Liam O'Flynn.
1: Think you can beat the sound of the Inland pipes, but um, maybe if you were put in the hands of the next arranger, Donal Lunny, it wouldn't matter what kind of a combination of instruments you could get. We probably have time for just a bit of one more before we head to news with Jess next. This is <laughs> that's kind of dear to my heart for its title, if not the tune. It's called Cavan Potholes.
3: To the You're a star, my little heart would be. When I saw your snow white feet, eyes are blue, deep and wide, and your hair blows in the wind. It hurts me, darling. Do Do-do, do 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 do. Well here it comes. The do do do. It's gone in a flash. do do. Fills your lungs, brings you back to life. As the seasons changed and the nights grew longer still, I'd wait for you in the lane, wait by your house upon the hill. Your star. You're a star, my little heart would be. When I saw your snow white feet Eyes of blue, deep and wide And your hair goes in Wind, it hurts me, darling Do-do, do-do-do Well, here it comes Do-do-do It's gone in a fly fills your lungs brings you back to love i
1: Your brings you back to life. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103 with Elmarie and Connor doing the show from home. <laughs> <laughs> because the two of us have COVID. Now, to be fair, we're actually doing kind of OK. Yes, we're both smothered, struggling with the coughs, the headaches, the yep. aches. I wouldn't underestimate it for anyone who has it, but thanks be to God. You know, I guess the two of us going down with it around the same time kind of helps. So, again, heartfelt thanks to Wayne who's keeping the whole show on the road for us this morning by piping it out as it's coming to you from Balancholic. Now... Uh, We just started off there. Of course, we couldn't have the newspapers as we usually do at this time on a Sunday morning because we can't get our hands. (laughs) We can't get our hands on them. (laughs) Not to worry, not to worry. Fionn Regan there with a beautiful track taken from his album 100 Acres of Sycamore. I love that song for a nightingale. Haven't played it in a good long time because we've been having such a focus on cork artists. Should we have to let the dubs in every now and again? Why not? It's all about accessibility. And in fact, Now that is kind of a a cheap segue to our next thing, because I was intrigued the other day to see a piece on Facebook, which was a video, actually, of the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Mm -hmm. Tralee on a street. They had taken this sign for Sesame Street and they turned it into Sensory Street. And they designated this street for families with children who might be overstimulated by the huge crowds on the main street and where all the various acts in the parade went by, but left a little more space between them to allow children in the crowd to kind of go with the transition from one to the other. And if you're a family who has children who have different needs or whatever accommodations are necessary, you will know how important that would be. And the thought kind of struck me. Why is that the first time I've seen anything like that? I mean, I know there are supermarkets which do certain shopping times with lower lighting or no music and all that sort of stuff to be more autism friendly and that sort of thing. Why isn't that the way it always is?
2: no. We all know so much about inclusion these days, but changing official policy is often a step which has to happen in order to make inclusive measures part of our standard practice, mm-hmm. and not just special interventions which happen now and again. Uh, some sort of compromise, can you think? Concession, it? concession, yeah. 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 And that's where. Arts for All has been doing such an incredible job in Cork for the last number of years. And they have their sights set on a huge ambition for Cork. Why should accommodations and accessibility in things like the arts be confined to special events or school? Why not ingrain it right through our society? and embed it into our vision for CORE.
1: Absolutely. And that is what Arts for All is about. And they're calling on anyone who's interested, from organisations to, yeah, schools, to individuals or families, to come along to the Marina Market this Wednesday to see a performance, be fed and entertained, get a chance to find out more about why inclusivity in the arts should be at the heart of all our future planning. In fact, that's what Connor discussed with Owen Nash when they chatted on the phone.
2: Owen, I just had a horrible thought. Just imagine a world where we had no arts, no entertainment, not, nothing to keep us sane and human. And that kind of nearly happened when everything closed down. But that was a world you filled in anyway with Arts for All, your website. You had so much that included so many people. But that's your charter, isn't it?
4: Arts for All. That's it, Connor. And uh, good morning to you. Um, <laughs> I suppose we we did have... You know, that time during the COVID lockdowns was a time of significant concern for the arts community. And, of course, it's getting back on its feet again now after such a difficult period of time. Yeah. In terms of Arts for All, we were lucky to be able to get some funding, the broad kind of alliance of organisations to get some funding to do some work online during that period. Yeah. We did disability awareness training and we were able to kind of support artists locally to um, reflect on their experiences of what was happening during that time and trying to really allow the many diverse voices that are in the community that have been affected express that through their creative processes. And, you know, besides not being able to go and see things or hear things, that, I suppose, using technology and using that process allowed us to remain connected in that creative sector and to be able to kind of to be able to create and to communicate and be able to kind of be together in, a, in an online way, you know.
2: Yeah. Now, Owen, isn't it great just to be able to return to the community? And in a way, on Wednesday, that's exactly what you're asking people to do now, to do something that they weren't able to do then, which is to come and meet you in person, to join you. Because you're launching you're launching your charter. You're actually going to go out there and make Cork, a European centre for excellence, for inclusiveness, you know, where arts is for everybody. And how do you go about it? How do you get everybody involved? Well, the first thing you have to do is meet everyone. So you're throwing out an enormous invitation.
4: That's right. This is a process we've been working on for the last six years. It's been a part of the local economic and community plan for Cork City. Yeah. And we kind of strategically embedded this hope or ambition for Cork to be identified as a European Centre of Excellence for Inclusion in the Arts. Because, like, there's so much fantastic work that's been going on in Cork for such a long period of time. And really, what this was, uh, this initiative was to try and bring those pockets of brilliance together and get them to support, get organisations and individuals to support each other, to learn how we can develop more inclusive models of practice. So one of the key things was really to focus on bringing groups together that were existed in the city. And now that we've done these consultations over the last six years, we've gathered the perspectives of that diversity uh, that's in our community. We've developed this charter and now we're launching that on the 23rd, Wednesday the 23rd. And we're inviting anybody and everybody to come and share in that experience with us. And we'll be sharing about the Charter. We'll be asking people to sign up to the values of it around diversity and inclusion and just allowing people to come together and connect again in, in a physical way.
2: So are you just basically saying like, you know, your policy is to get doors open and to keep them open?
4: I suppose what we're trying to do is influence policy at a strategic level in the city. So we're looking at things like the new arts strategy for Cork City that's been currently developed. We're looking at the Cork City Development Plan
5: um,
4: and the new local economic and community plan. And if we can embed in those strategic kind of plans for the city the importance of arts and culture, ensuring that it reflects the citizenship of it in in a democratic and kind of open way, that we can enable then the many people who find themselves maybe at times excluded from from um, certain experiences, yeah. that from a rights-based perspective, that we're embedding policy for the future and developing on the great practice that has already been done to ensure that we're moving forward in an inclusive, open way that involves everybody's voices. And we see that reflected then in the creative output and platforming of work across the city and in the institutions that host that work
2: and
6: create that work.
2: Let's just kind of translate that down into kind of the day-to-day now. I mean, will that mean more theatre, more street theatre, more poetry, more art, more street art, more accessibility, more children involved? Just examples of doors opening.
4: One example is... We're working on a piece now with the Cork Arts Theatre at the moment through the Community Foundation of Ireland, funding there, and we're looking to support uh, people with intellectual disabilities to have their work platformed in in those theatre spaces. We're working on a piece at the moment that will come ahead in in May. You've seen the Cork Opera House recently do a a call-out for um, a, a neurodiverse artist in residence and i think that's another good good example of what's happening in the city so th- we're hoping to obviously increase and enable the kind of amount of work that's happening but also to kind of diversify yeah. the expression that's happening there or to enable that to happen so by kind of allowing organizations to share their experiences the challenges that they face and if we can then include the voices of people who might have found themselves marginalized for, for different reasons yeah, yeah. that we can learn from those experiences and then try to maybe change that, change that dynamic, um, and build on the, the positives that are, that have been happening, you know, because there, there's excellent work been happening for so many years and it's really about galvanizing that yeah. and being able to diversify, um, the output then and, collate it in some way and share it with the world
2: Oh, this is an enormous topic when you think about it Um, it's as big as the arts itself Uh, we could talk and talk and talk but the the best thing to do is just to get people to meet and meet and meet and while they're there I think you should entertain them and feed them as well so what is happening on Wednesday?
4: So you're going to get a a number of showcases of uh, different groups you're going to have an inclusive music ensemble which is a kind of music technology project that's being run by Cork ETB MTU Cork School of Music and Cope Foundation. We're going to see work from uh, the Glucksman, work that they've been doing with refugees in the city. And um, we're going to see some dance films. You're going to he- hear kind of a speech from a. a I suppose it's a piece of theatre from mm-hmm. from a de facto Lord Mayor. Maybe a response: If I was Lord Mayor, what? <laughs> Some of the ambitions and hopes that a Lord Mayor might have from a different perspective. So there'll be a showcasing of work from many different organisations and individuals. And what we're doing is we're inviting people to come and share in that experience and hear about the charter to sign up to it. And even just to come and connect with with other people in the city who are involved in the creative sector.
2: Owen, two simple words I'm going to ask you next. Where and when? So if you can make your way to the Marina Market, and we're
4: kicking off there at about 5.30 on Wednesday. Brilliant. So just come down. We do have an Eventbrite page, so you can just look up Arts for All on Eventbrite. And really what we're just trying to do there is gauge numbers because there'll be some nibbles and teas and coffees for people. Great. So if, you know, if we have the numbers and we know who's coming, we can kind of prepare for that. So Marina Market, Wednesday the 23rd at 5.30.
2: Be prepared for a lot of people, I think, because this is very important to the city. Cork, I think it has already proven itself over the years, but it has to continue proving itself as, yes, indeed, a European centre for excellence when it comes to inclusivity. Cork's port has always been open. Keep it open. Owen, I think what you've done is fantastic. Continue doing it. We need this.
4: Thank you very much, Connor.
1: listening to Cork's 96FM and C103. Love that piece from Ennio Morricone, GMI. And in fact, if you're a fan of the music of Ennio Morricone, and indeed any music from the movies, we did a movie special back, I think sometime during the Christmas holidays. We had a huge response to it. And with next weekend being Oscars weekend, next Sunday's show is another movie music special. So do tune in for that. Well, that's what I've been doing. I've been a little bit nervous about Is I've been a little bit nervous about this. I've been Tha me ag faulim Geilge an tanamata er. Agus thuan gaach dain a caawrdaach heila chuan Geilge so beidrgrameg si sin usáidach diibh. Cae gawel Caelúra neif Páldrigg ife gawel is feidilad fós an ceol a, si a er lá le vikri, mwainli, brennan, Claire Sands Thomas Thomasulga Muir le feicteán le clár fúi á oh, na no mná no. trácht nua thadinte ché. Ach cuil curim éile agus lean tháinig as na roshin reimagined leis an naur an mhuirín ní cuileave agus cuil éirín ar na, na híorán shin the Irish Chamber Orchestra. Marain leis na hí cuil tori Donal O'Connor, Mick O'Brien, Ashling Ennis, Cormac McCarthy agus Katrina Frostlow. Is an orth aglish canic, a taffidon show, lilin aile alina chil canic, agus bacho ibru kydhache, erhu than tannos, moor the heron, korra nagger than hjoler, an ex sheshire commodore erinacher, in a mask freshon, comrade McCarthy, Linda Buckley, agus neaverian Barry. She an special to her father because she had a great effect on And, was, oh, us, and, us, and So, that's good. House on Corks ninety six FM and C one oh three, Elmary Mo and Connor Tallon with you here until ten. Music there kicking off the second hour from Ruby Horse. Oh my god, I just Absolutely loved the photos from their gig Live at St. Luke's. It looked absolutely stunning. I know the Mary Wallopers have given everyone a brilliant weekend. And uh, if you go on the Live at St. Luke's website, actually, you can see what's coming up this week. Blind Boy is in with his podcast. I think there's a few tickets, maybe just a handful left for Saturday the 26th. So it's well worth checking that out uh, on the Live at St. Luke's website. Now then, you know, getting older doesn't mean It's over. (laughs) You don't have to sit in the corner like Peg and moan about being one step closer to the grave because love, life, laughter, joy and connection, they're part of it all right into your hundreds if you want it. Because it's what makes us human. And that's what's at the heart of Halcyon Days, the play by Deirdre Kinnaghan, which opens in The Everyman this week. It stars Barry McGovern and claimed actress Una Crawford O'Brien.
2: Now, you're used to seeing Una on TV where she plays Renee. In Fair City, opposite her on-screen husband and real-life partner, Brian Murray. When filming resumed mid-lockdown, there were so many rules about being careful on set. But, because they're a real-life couple, Una and Brian were the only two who could be right next to each other. And finally, this is a chance to see her on stage in The Everyman this week, in a play described as one of Deirdre Kinnaghan's finest works. Travelling on tour with a play these days, no matter how enjoyable, is such a challenge as Elmery and Una began with when they spoke on the phone.
1: Una, we were just chatting there, obviously. I have COVID, you're escaping. That's so tough, isn't it, as an actress at the moment. I mean, every single production that comes into any theatre, the protocols that are happening are so strict. Everyone's testing and swabbing and being careful all the time. Like society has dropped it, but in the theatre, you still can't drop it if you drop it, the show. Fools, isn't that it?
7: Well, that's exactly it. And there are only the two of us in the show. So <laughs> I'm trying, I'm doing my very best. I know Barry had it, so like hopefully he's immune for the moment. But like if, if anything happens to either of us, or even if, if Brian, my partner, were to get it, I wouldn't feel I would be safe getting out there. I know they say close contacts and all the rest of it, but it seems at the moment that everybody seems to be passing it on, so we have to be so careful. And I notice that a lot of people in the theatres are wearing masks as well, if it's you know anyway packed so I suppose that's a good thing as well.
1: Well, you have it from all sorts of experiences in terms of protocols, because, of course, when Fair City resumed filming, the two of you, yourself and Brian, were the only two, I gather, who could kind of, you know, not observe <laughs> the social distancing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
7: they were very strict and it, it was very good. You felt very confident. Like we had PCR tests every week. Our draw manager was going around with the two meter-length stick to make sure people kept their distances. There were fewer casts. That's why we haven't been in now for a while, but we will be back in May because they have smaller stories. Yeah. I mean, with a smaller cast, we can't have doubling up in dressing rooms, which we would normally have done. All those kind of things, makeup, hair, everybody has to be so protected. So it's the only way of doing it. So yes, I'm used to it, but it doesn't mean to say I like it anymore. You
1: know. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I suppose the consolation for having to observe all of those daily protocols then is when you are actually out on the road with another acting partner like Barry and with a play written by Deirdre. So, you know, I mean, like you, you couldn't ask for kind of a nicer mix to be on tour with. I presume this is your first tour since COVID and all that kind of malarkey.
7: Oh, it's my first time back on stage in two and a half years. Yeah. So in actual fact, it was a little bit scary. Our, our first performance was last Sunday in Smock. And we were both a little bit nervous because I know it's like riding a bike. Once you get back up there, it's fine. But you kind of go, oh, my goodness, a, a real audience, you know, real reactions. We have to remember these lines. So, no it's just, But it's wonderful to be back on stage. Oh my God, it's just wonderful. And to hear an audience and to hear them enjoy the play is, is terrific. And it is a beautiful piece. It's only an hour long. There are six very small scenes in it. it like the whole thing runs straight through, and each scene has its own little little bit of — I don't know what you'd call it, a little bit of magic, maybe. Yeah. It has you know, it's, it's beautiful. I don't know how she manages to put so much to so short a time and one minute you're laughing and the next minute you're nearly crying and it's just, it's fun as well. It's brilliant. I love it.
1: Because you have this play which on one level is about two people who meet in a nursing home and another level is about the human condition and what we need in our lives and love and connection and and to live, not just to exist, isn't it?
7: Absolutely. I mean, you say. It's set in a nursing home, and people are probably going, Oh, boring. It isn't indecisive. <laughs> and it is about relationships. I mean, Sean has been incarcerated, as Patricia, my character, says, You know, you, we are not incarcerated. Um, but he has been there. He's been living there for a number of years. And um, she bounces into it. And I mean, bounces into it because she feels she's full of life and she is full of life. But then they face up to things between themselves. They become friends. Talk happens. Past happens. Future happens. So it all, it's all—it's—it's life. It is life, and the dependency of people on others. Completely. I suppose that's the best. Mm, yeah, I suppose that's the best way I can describe it.
1: I think just touching on some of the threads of what, when you said, people will think, oh my God, it's boring because it's set in a nursing home. Straight away, that taps into sort of the dismissal of there being any possibility of crack joy or relationship arcs or still discovery in older age. And I think that was one of the things that tapped into things like, I suppose, you know, the best exotic Marigold Hotel and the kind of almost the reality series that came out of that as well. You can see the whole breadth of personalities, no matter what once you're thrown into senior years and... Absolutely. And, and, and people
7: expect older people to behave sometimes in a certain way. And like inside, like older Peg. people <laughs> are still the young people that they think they are, yeah. you know. And they still have all this joie de vivre and, you know, zest for life. But sometimes it's dismissed because yeah. you're older and, uh, and it shouldn't happen. I mean, there's, it's just a fact of life people see older people as old. And as I say, inside your head, you're not old at all.
1: You're absolutely right. Like even to bring it right into the present day in lockdown brought apps like TikTok to the fore. And some of the best cracks and accounts on TikTok are the older accounts who are, you know, reminiscing about the 60s (laughs) and the 70s and doing all sorts of crack at living their best lives and showing inside you still are the same person as you were when you were 19 or 20 or 30 or whatever. Yeah.
7: I hate being asked my age, actually, um, <laughs> because you're defined by it. Yes, you know, yeah, especially as a woman. Somebody, absolutely. Mm. Um, and especially as an actress as well. If I say I'm not telling my age at the moment, but if I were to say I'm 75, which is so far away from where I am at the I moment. I hear you. But if I were to say 75, you would imagine... This elderly woman who, now I know loads of 75-year-olds and none of them fits the description that people have in their head for a 75-year-old woman. And you probably wouldn't be cast for anything because they'd feel, well, you don't have the energy, you don't have whatever. Whereas 75 in this day and age is young, 70 is young. You know, you can get out and run around like anybody else if you want to. There has to be that desire to do it as well. And I think most people, most old pe- older people, if they're given the opportunity, will grasp it. But if they're put into a category and they're left to sit there or whatever, that's what will happen. They'll sit there and they will grow old.
1: It is the old saying, isn't it? You don't stop playing because you grow old you grow old because you stop playing but it doesn't fit everybody because obviously we do have those who do need care for one reason or another in a nursing home or in supported accommodation or whatever and that is where we bring these two characters in this play with all of that kind of churning bowl of contradictions desires will to live and yes sort of fear I guess can be also stirred into the pot between the two of them and their two stories meet does Barry's character almost feel like things are finished and she arrives and says hang on a second but that's exactly it that is exactly it she she makes him
7: enjoy life again basically and she shakes him up and uh, there are a few twists and turns in the story but that's what happens in it she makes him see that there is life that he's not at the end of it I mean he says at one stage you know I'm finished with all that now and she's going why? there's no need to and the two of them are in a nursing home And, you know, and as you say, people have to, ill health, whatever the reason, you don't have to give up. If people are willing to go with you, you don't have to give up. You can just, you know, live your life and that's it. And that's what this play is about. And it's so beautifully written that somebody said to me, there's also um, memory loss involved in the play. And um, they said to me that their mother had had Alzheimer's and they were unsure about going to the play. And they said, absolutely, I don't know what I was thinking of before I went because it, you just see it's part of life It's and the humour and why would you be upset by you know, memory loss. You can still get out there and do things, you know, so.
1: I think instead of viewing it as being triggering, we should look at it as being affirming. And, you know, uh-huh. the, when you have the title like Halcyon Days, you think, oh, that's going to be a real nostalgia fest. But Halcyon Days can be now, Halcyon Days can be in our future. I mean, like some of our happiest days can still be ahead of us, no matter what age yeah. we have.
7: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't have to think, oh, this is it. This is this is me for the rest of my, my time. Mm. I certainly don't feel that. And, uh, and I know Brian Murray doesn't either, um, you know, and, and anybody my age, nobody thinks like that. Yeah. Um, I think we just have to kind of shake ourselves up and say,
1: yay, we have another whatever we have left. We might as well live it to the most. Exactly. What we have is today. <laughs> you know, so don't be worrying about anything exactly. else. Exactly. Before COVID came, we thought we had
7: loads of time to do things and people probably put off things. Because, so I'll do them next week. And suddenly COVID came and knocked us all down. Mm. So you have to seize the moment.
1: Yeah, completely. You're on tour with this now. I know the Cork run is going to be so joyful and so happy. Like you said, the play is actually just about an hour. So do you take any interval at all? Is it straight through? Oh, it's straight through. It's straight through. Mm -hmm. And um, I...
7: I found myself on stage the other night and I thought oh my god we're at the end of it yeah. <laughs> where does that go and that's me so I hope the audience feels the same but I'm really looking forward to Cork because I've, I've only ever had happy memories doing plays down in Cork and, and it's such a lovely theatre
1: and everything so I'm really looking forward to it Excellent stuff and best of luck then with Renee's return to Fair City once again in May <laughs> Enjoy it all Uma, It's been so lovely talking to you Thanks a million for taking the call on a Saturday I really appreciate it and continued success now with this run.
7: Oh, thank you and get better. (laughs) Thanks a million.
1: Halcyon Days opens tomorrow night and runs just for three nights. It's been described as a warm play that really cheers you up. So it really is a pity that it closes on Wednesday. Wouldn't it be a lovely way to start the week tomorrow? Artistic Director of the Everyman, Sophie Motley, will lead a post-show talk after Tuesday's performance. Now, tickets... And all the info are available on the Everyman Theatre website. Right then, i um, going to stick with some cork music now. Here's Marlene Enright. Love this one. One, two, three.
10: Hide me in a corner Don't want to talk to anybody I'm a suit lost to a tail
1: The Illum Pipes, but playing handle rather than a trad tune. And all will be revealed now in a minute because we're so fortunate in Ireland to have a number of Illum Pipers of superb calibre. Well, the last time I heard Illum Pipes live was with our own Owen O'Reevig in Cork Opera House, which was just stunning with the yeah. full Cork Opera House concert orchestra. <laughs> and this past week, with all the St. Patrick's festivities, sure every Illum Piper in the country would have been in huge demand to provide. I suppose it's really that kind of quintessential Irish sound, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, over the years, Illum piping and pipers hmm. went through fluctuations in popularity. But right now in Ireland, it's in great health. And my next guest reminded me. That there was a time, boys and girls, when every child waiting for the telly to start at two o'clock or whatever would be looking at the St. Bridget's Cross on the screen. Do you remember that? <laughs> While Finbar Fury's piping was playing in the background. Anyway,
2: these days, some musicians are taking the Ilan pipes in unexpected directions, like Wallaford's David Power. He's a guy who's worked in a number of jobs because... He's got a load of degrees. He's worked in the biotech industry, which was his first degree. He worked as a primary teacher, which is another degree. And he's played Illin Pipes all over, from Ireland right through to Broadway. And next Saturday night, he plays a concert with a difference in Triscoll with Baroque violinist Maria Gaynor and flamenco guitarist John Walsh. Marie started by asking him how that combination, first with Maria and then with John, came about.
6: The story started when I was a student in WIT, which was Waterford Regional College at the time. And I was a science student, but all my friends were in the music department and Malcolm Proud was there as mm. a lecturer. Yeah. And we kind of, kind of worshipped Malcolm, you know, because yes. he was such an incredible musician. And we used to follow him around and stuff and uh, it was my kind of lifetime's dream to uh, go and hear him perform on the organ in St Canis's Cathedral and I eventually did get to do that but around the same time I was performing at the Kenny Arts Festival I met Malcolm and his wife Susan and we started sort of working on a scheme to kind of combine his group Kamaraska Kenny and uh, the Irish Pipes in some form or other and uh, we started working on pieces and Maria was part of that group and uh, that's uh, we met, so we, Maria ended up doing arrangements of pieces like She Jog Moore and uh, O'Carolan's Concerto by Trillac O'Caroline and other pieces, including Baroque music pieces for Irish island Pipes and Baroque Chamber Orchestra. And uh, Lyric FM uh, decided to publish that in an album called The Piper and the Fairy Queen. And uh, and we have managed to tour that show like around Ireland and around Europe as well, so it's been it's just been great. I mean, we are we we were supposed to go to Malta in January of this year, but it got cancelled and we'll be going next year. And who knows what else? We were down in Mount Juliet in Kilkenny just last week doing some of the pieces from the album for T.G. Cacher. And uh, very good fun and great music, you know, very enjoyable.
1: You see, the thing is, I suppose, David, when people hear what the kind of music that you play and the kind of music Mario plays, then, of course, they're going to have very quickly pigeonholed ideas about what it is you can do baroque sure. violin very sedate the illin pipes up the tread, and then you yeah. add in John Walsh and flamenco which everyone thinks is so sexy then and you make, yeah. put the three of you together <laughs> so how did this mix happen? did that happen?
6: <laughs> so anyway Maria and I uh, Maria's from Finland originally she's been around Cork for a long time Yeah, yeah. and um, you know she's a teacher in the Cork School of Music and I mean she performs with the IDO and she performs with lots of different groups. She's in America with Glenn Hansard at the moment but she and I were doing some pieces together and because she's got that Finnish folk background we were a natural fit and we started working on pieces by Bella Bartok and lots of other things and we we did a little performance at the Bello Bar in Portobello but anyway that particular night uh, was on the 5th of March just before lockdown and John was there John Walsh playing with another uh, group and uh, I'd been kind of studying John's trajectory for a while and Mm. enjoying his music and then I got to hear him live and I really just thought this is something we have to do so we contacted John and we got together and we started rehearsing and we had such a good time and such a it was such a natural fit even though it you know as you say kind of from an ideas point of view people might suspect that the the, the musics would never go together but that's where the that's where the fun lies that's where John had to reach to figure out how he was going to accompany the Irish music and Maria. Like, there, there would have been balance issues, for example, with the nylon strung guitar and the uh, gut stringed um, violins that, and viola that Mario's playing with the pipes. Pipes would be a little bit louder, and you'd have to find ways to sort of marry those, for example. But also the music styles. So, anyway, it was fabulously entertaining and uh, challenging for all three of us, I would say, to. Uh, to get together and work on that
1: stuff. And when you think of all of the various musical experiences that three of you have had right around the world, I'd say like there would be a podcast series in itself of just the three of you chatting Mm -hmm. about where you've been, the musical influences that have poured into the styles you've been evolving over the last number of years, as well as then the intriguing rehearsals and arranging and struggles and all sorts of things that will inevitably come with this sort of musical painting that the three of you are working together. So this coming week people are booking their tickets for Triscoll, obviously, but it's a busy week for you regardless, isn't it?
6: Sure, yeah. Um well, as I was saying to you earlier Elmerie, I've I work as a substitute teacher which is sort of necessary a primary school teacher. Um just to sort of fill in the gaps and I mean the last two years have been quite difficult for uh, most musicians so you find that everybody's gone and found something else to do yeah. uh, until sort of music recovers and it seems to be recovering right now um, so I'll be teaching um, you know in this coming week and then on Wednesday I'll go up to Cork to visit Vector Violins because I, I have a violin business where I, I deal and find violins and then on Thursday um, I'll be down in Waterford playing for the visiting royals from London Charles and Camilla and on Friday, I'll be rehearsing in the Cork School of Music with John and Maria. And Saturday morning, we'll be doing a video recording um, of the new material for the show for the Resonate programme of Music Network. Um, Saturday evening, the concert at Triskill, which we're very much looking forward to. And then Sunday, I have to get myself up to Dublin to the National Concert Hall to play with Martin Hayes and his new ensemble, The Common Ground.
1: I'm beaming here, listening to it, David. I am just beaming because <laughs> it's exciting to hear about the kind of variety that you have in the week, and I know that you will rise to every single challenge and augment every single one of them along the way as well. wishing the three of you such a joyful and happy concert in Triscoll next Saturday night and enjoy all the festivities and the the crack in between
6: yeah we're we're really I, I think the thing that the thing about um, the concert on Saturday night is we've like we've rehearsed so much um, over the last, uh, particularly since January up to now, um, all this new material. That kind of some of it kind of gets um, proposed and then unproposed, and it kind of passes through the filter of ourselves, and then it gets rejected. And so some of it makes a cut, some of it doesn't. We've performed together for cameras and microphones over the last two years, and um, for. At the Bantry Mass of Tradition and the mm. Baltimore Fiddle Fair at Triskel, and in Clonmel for this Finding a Voice uh, series yes. concert series, uh, but it, it was only for cameras and microphones, never for a live audience before. So this on on Saturday night the twenty sixth is our first time getting a chance to actually try this music out with a real live audience, and we we're, we 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 don't know how it's going to go. We we suspect it'll be good but we can't be sure and (laughs) we're not the final arbiters you know
1: you're being very modest there now it's going to be really really special David listen thanks so much
6: thanks very much for the opportunity to talk about it
1: songs of theirs, Shadowland. And incidentally, I saw a very sad tweet from Mary Green yesterday morning with the sad news that legendary Irish fiddler Frankie Gavin has been diagnosed with stage three esophageal cancer. Now, his son has set up a GoFundMe page to try and raise money to take Frankie to the UK for treatment because where his cancer has developed is in a very tricky position. So if you're a lover of Irish music and you've ever appreciated Frankie Gavin and his enormous influence and contribution to music, go on to the GoFundMe.com website and search for his name to find out where to donate.
2: Now, this week in Triscoll Cinema, fitting me ahead of the Oscars, they are screening some of the big hitters again from Wednesday. But this time, each film is only for one night, so it's kind of like a mini Oscars film festival. So on Wednesday, we've got The Power of the Dog. Thursday... Parallel Mothers, Friday Nightmare Alley and Sunday Licorice Pizza. There's no film on Saturday because yeah. of the concert with David Power, John Walsh and Maria Gainer. That's Ilan Pipes, baroque
1: violin and flamenco guitar. Sure. Where else would you get it? <laughs> <laughs> Only in Cork. Now, the Cork Arts Theatre this week from Tuesday to Saturday, Minnow Productions are presenting a play called "Stacy" by Jack Thorne. Once admired for his looks, Rob now just blends into the background. Overqualified for a call centre job, but totally inept at maintaining his personal hygiene. Armed with just a projector and his rambling recollection of the last 48 hours, he's here to tell us what he's done whether we want to hear it or not, it's written by Tony and Olivier award winning playwright Jack Thorne. This is a razor sharp portrait of toxic masculinity performed by Ethan Dillon and directed by Max Kyohan. It's a confessional monologue and it runs in the Cork Arts Theatre this week from Tuesday to Saturday. Now, I see during the week, Nia Regan has a new single on the way. I don't have my hands on it yet. So, in the meantime, here's Winter in Eden.
10: When in Eden There's nothing on TV The sun is a bruised fruit, my true love says to me He reaches for answers to questions I can't find Oh
5: When
3: winter in eden there's coffee on the stove we speak when we need to and do as we are i be on your
11: head I'm a noble mechanic in a one-horse town I'm some words in Spanish from a quiet mouth I can live to forever and not make a mark I can keep us
1: Alrighty then if you're still here with us guys thanks a million apologies for the stuffed noses and all that sort of stuff but today's <laughs> programme is brought to you by Copious Doses of Paracetamol we actually recorded some of this yesterday evening because we couldn't get through without cough bottles and expo and we have enough vitamins to open our own branch of Holland and Barrett <laughs> this, day, this so here we are Covid Central coming at you now okay. music gigs this week tonight fans of ska and reggae are going to enjoy the service they play Collins on Douglas Street
2: and not to be sneezed at of course, Monday night's regular music session returns in Collins tomorrow with James O'Sullivan and Skibbereen native Mary Beth O'Mahony. They've got a regular residency there now for Monday nights and we'll have a special guest each week.
1: Collins also has the Comedy Cavern every Tuesday night it's free in and then you pay whatever you think the gig was worth with different hosts and guests every week
2: Tomorrow night Hank Vidal and Ray Barron play in Charlie's Bar on Union Key Now to me that is a classic combination For
1: sure And in Crane Lane the jazz improv session under the direction of Paul Dunley kicks off at 9 tomorrow and tomorrow's guests professional blues band and next week's guests actually are the Dagenham Yanks
2: Now, here's a question for you. How many of you have a ukulele at home?
1: Me, Tito, me, Tito, me, Tito.
2: (laughs) If you head along on Tuesday night to the Brew Bar, you can hear the Shandon Ukulele Sessions and make a few friends.
1: Now, in writer's news this week, don't forget you're heading into the last week in which to be able to submit fiction to the Munster Literature Centre for the spring publication of Southward. All the details and submission requirements are on the Munster Literature website. And speaking of literature, jobs in the arts, you know, can come up from time to time that involve hugely exciting projects. Here's one. It's a job with West Cork Music as production manager. They produce three amazing festivals every year. The Masters of Tradition, the West Cork Chamber Music Festival and the West Cork Literary Festival. Each festival has its own established team with great experience and full job specifications are on the West Cork Music website. So the best of luck.
2: Now, Hubcap Theatre comes around this week as they continued their nationwide tour. They're back in Cork with a performance in Kilworth on Thursday night. It's called The Parish. we featured it on the show before, and in this hilarious comedy play, Michael Ryan and Sean Kelleher bring to life a range of characters that can be found in every community. The story unfolds of a dastardly deed that has ripped The Parish apart. But despite the scandal, this delightful comedy highlights the power of friendship and community. Quote, the parish is absolutely hilarious and makes for a great night out.
1: So that's the Kilworth uh, Centre there on Thursday night. Now, this Tuesday evening, David Syme and Keith Pascoe play a fabulous early evening concert of music at half past five in the Alamax of UCC. Keith Pascoe is, of course, violinist with the Van Bork Quartet, and they're on a world tour of Cork to start the month of April. We'll be chatting to Keith on the programme next Sunday.
2: And finally, can I recommend the next gramophone gramophone circle in Rory Gallagher Library this coming Friday? Their next gramophone recital will be held on the 25th of March at 11 a.m. It's presented by Pat Lemazny. His theme for this month is Celebrating Irish Music. And of course, all are welcome. Look, look forward I, to see you there you know,
1: we literally we have been I think have about 12 pages of notes <laughs> listings. so we just cannot fit everything in so sincere apologies to anyone we've left out today uh, we'll be adding more bits and pieces to the Facebook page and all that sort of stuff as we go along during the week but in the meantime thank you so much for joining myself and Connor this morning hugs and kisses to Wayne Hilton for driving the show in the studio today <laughs> well God Wayne Wayne you're a legend a legend back next week don't forget it's the movie special talk to you then
5: the people that have been in the public, 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 the